Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're here with Anthony Nieves, who's the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management. You could be talking about the services sector of the economy and the numbers behind the numbers, what it all means, give you great insight into what's happening with 80% of America's economy. Anthony, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show. So the number in the services sector, which is 80 plus percent of the overall economy of the U.S., <laughs> is doing well, it appears. Give us the details. Definitely. When you see the composite index, the uh, PMI came in at 53.9, up 3.6 percentage points. That exceeded uh, many of the economists' projection, uh, projections for the month. Uh, and when you look at the four indexes that comprise that com composite, business activity had the biggest jump, 7.7 .7 percentage points to 59.2. New orders at 55.5, up 2.6 percentage points. Employment at 53.1, up 3.9 percentage points. And supplier deliveries at 47.6, down one-tenth of a percentage point. That supplier deliveries, if that was, uh, as we had traditionally seen, slower deliveries would have really bumped up the composite index. But that's a result of the improved capacity, logistics, and a little bit of the waning demand and increased supply that's uh, affecting that supplier deliveries as well as backlog. But overall, all of the indexes uh, pretty much have gone up uh, across the board for the month. Anthony, what is driving business activity and production that jumped 7.7 .7 points? We're at 59.2. That's almost rarefied air as you approach the 60s. It definitely is. And, you know, when you look at the 18 industries that comprise this sector, and 15 of them have exhibited growth month over month. And the two leading ones at the top of the list in both uh, the composite as well as business activity, it's led by accommodation and food services and arts, entertainment, and recreation. So, what does that translate to? People are spending money on experiences. We're seeing that with travel, with vacations. Um, one of the comments that came from panelists uh, that's in the uh, movie theater industry had stated that uh, they're seeing increased volume across the board. Uh, and they believe that's attributed to some of the great content coming out of the studios. Even though they are dealing with that writer strike over there, it still seems that people are out and about a little less spending on the tangible goods side. Uh, we see retail is not doing as robust as we'd like to see them. Uh, but overall, again, uh, things look good on this side of the equation for the services sector. And please don't, I, I'm not supposed to joke around, but this is not a joke. Do not shortchange the services sector. We are much better than 80% contribution to GDP. <laughs> we are closer to 90%. So I got to put that plug in for the services folks. <laughs> to your point, Anthony, about uh, uh, summer and people are out and about and so on, I've been doing a fair amount of uh, research on what's going on in Europe, and it seems as though that the Europeans are out and about, and I'm not talking about the French riots, but Italy, for example, is seeing something like a 20-25% increase uh, in tourism, even to the point where 
uh, in France, for example, the Louvre has, has shut down a certain number of hours because there are too many tourists going there. And Italy also, uh, there's a tremendous surge in vacationers to the point where uh, the beaches are overcrowded. They're beginning to shut down beaches because there's too many people. I'm not sure you know, if, if, if they've ever been to Rockaway out in Long Island, but uh, you know, we would have million dollars, uh, million dollars, million people days by noon. Uh, so it seems as though that this is a global event that's going on. Oh, definitely. You know, not to go off on a tangent, but Rockaway Beach, I actually spoke about that a few weeks ago, saying when I was a little kid, I, I didn't like that beach because of how it got its name. It was a little rough on tiny feet going in the water there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, we're seeing this nice uptick for the month. Uh, and, I, and I touch base on it. We see that the improved capacity has helped. Uh, so we're, we're not talking about uh, a jam in the, in the port of ships being offloaded like we were several months ago. Uh, rail service is still a little slow, but overland trucking has improved a bit. Uh, there's still some excessive inventory out there for certain retail items. Uh, we've seen that dip a few months back where we had contraction in inventories, but now we're back up to seeing them grow albeit not as fast as they were the prior month down at 55.9. And, uh, and I'll kind of throw this out there for Tim. I know you'll have some questions about this or ask me some questions about prices. What are prices doing? We see it at 54.1 down from, as you categorize that rarefied air, we were up near 80 not too long ago for uh, prices. Yeah, and that I think is very encouraging. Anthony, I'm particularly encouraged to hear that people are out driving the entertainment arts, those sectors, restaurants, hospitality, because that means consumer confidence is strong. What are your respondents saying? Are they making any comments about uh, consumer confidence or in, in general, I always love to hear what they have to comment. Well, you know, there, there's, when you look at the, uh, what the respondents are saying in the report, and I always try to extrapolate the comments from the panelists that are most reflective of, you know, correlate directly to the indexes that we see, the indices. And overall, if, if I had to have a takeaway on it, what the respondents are telling us is that business conditions are stable, if not good, and it varies by industry, but they have this bit of cautiousness. They're, they're still like, you know, what's the long-term economic outlook? And right now, you know, things are looking good, now we granted I touch base on prices and that's the big piece because the Fed, right? They've been trying to stave off inflation for months and they've been raising rates. And last month they held steady, they didn't raise it. But out of the last uh, Board of Governors meeting, uh, they talked about raising the rates again because things are going well. Prices are still higher than where they'd like to be and where they'd like them to be. They wanna to get to that 2% target. So they're going to raise the rates again. That's impacted certain industries like the finance and insurance industry, mortgage brokers. It's impacted real estate rental and leasing. Even though I understand housing starts were up a bit, when you look at it compared to a few years back, not so much. Um, resale is down. Uh, the housing starts cumulatively are down. It may be up month over month, but when you look at it in totality, they're down. And that's the single largest contributor to GDP in the country. 
in this sector, it's about 14, um, I'm sorry, it's about 14, yes, a little over 14, 14 and a half, almost 14 and a half percent. In the total contribution, when you factor in the manufacturing side, it's just under 13%. So it's a big piece because then after that, it just kind of goes downward from there as far as, you know, with this eclectic uh, comp composition of uh, industries in, in the services sector, it really drops down into single digit percentages after you get past the top four. Well, again, a strong report. Any weakness in the report that you're seeing that concerns you, Anthony? Well, you know, agricultural, agricultural, forestry, fishing, and hunting has been a drag as well as mining. And so that's kind of a negative there. When you look, the other thing that's concerning is when you look at employment, right? And it's a mixed bag on employment, even though we've bumped up to the 53.1, there's still a mixture of, in the tech world, information. Look at the layoffs they had. If you took that out of the equation, it wouldn't be so bad. I was just, I saw a headline earlier today about the layoffs that are out there. And if you look at them, the majority are coming from that information arena. And I think they're correcting themselves. You know, between, and I won't mention company names, but all the headlines that we've been reading about, big layoffs and certain large companies out there, the uh, reduction in online distribution that we've seen since the end of the pandemic. One that bothers me a little bit is looking at the nine industries that had growth. One that contracted was healthcare and social assistance. <clears throat> and why is that? Because they can't get the right workers that they need to backfill their open positions. So when I was talking earlier about that mixed bag, we have our respondents say, saying that one, we're going layoffs that'd be in the information tech arena. The others are saying, we were cautious because it's the single largest variable expense that you see in service companies. So they manage their labor pool and what they're actually putting in there and, and having that expense that they can manage based on business activity. With the increased activity, they have to, because it's labor intensive, they have to bring on workers. Other respondents are saying they can't backfill the positions fast enough. They don't have the suitable, applicable workers necessary. So it's kind of why, like it's a hodgepodge there. Anthony, the manufacturing sector feeds some of the businesses in the services sector. What percentage of manufacturing goes into the services sector? Because a lot of it, of the services sector is kind of independent of manufacturing. You know, that's a great question. It's not something we, measure directly. But think about this. There, with all the service companies, you have to look at the industries that deal with tangible goods. And those are the ones that deal with manufacturing, right? Anything that's, whether it be wholesale trade, uh, warehousing and transportation, which is mostly the movement, the logistics behind that. But putting all that aside, even if you're a consulting company or you're in management, of companies and support services or professional scientific technical services, you're still using some kind of product and it's coming from somewhere. It has to be manufactured, whether it's domestic or offshore, you're using some kind of product. And I'll, I'll use an example, uh, and I won't mention any company names. Uh, Tim and I went to New York a few years back to deal with some market analysts and they were asking us questions about different industries that comprise services. And one of the gentleman there said, well, a combination of food services, they don't have capital equipment purchases. And I said, did you just say that? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. 
I mean, FF&E, furniture, fixtures, and equipment in hotels is a huge capital spend, renovations, new build construction, equipment, HVAC, all that stuff. Those, those hotels are like their own self-contained cities, right? Same thing with restaurants, you know, everything from textiles to everything that goes into uh, any type of these establishments requires some type of type of capital expenditure. So I, I was a bit surprised uh, that someone would ask that question. And again, I won't mention any names. I won't, I'll, can I type it in and on chat or something and we'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> well, was, anyway, that a government, um, was that a government official or private <laughs> Yeah, right. For some years, and recently I heard somebody repeat it, I've been saying, look around you and identify those things that were manufactured. And absolutely. It, it's a it's everything you walk on, walk in, wear, sit on, sit at. So yeah, the restaurant industry would consume a great deal of that in, in their food service preparation in the past. It's got well, everything. Not only the, the, the food. Think about this. Back when I was early on in my career, I would pride myself on being able to sit down at a restaurant and try and identify the different pieces that were on the table setting and where it came from. You know, who manufactured it, which glassware. I could look at a glassware and say, all right, who did that one? And I won't mention any. I'm not giving any endorsements unless they pay MTR. We're not going to use any company names unless they give you some advertisement money, Lou, okay? Right. So, you bet. You bet. Whether it be flatware, glassware, big four, you know, it's part of that. The China, I would look at the plates and see how they were manufactured. I could tell if they were domestic or imported. So, yeah, everything has its place on the manufacturing side and works its way into, you know, as we went off on this little bit of a tangent, um, it all works its way back into what service providers uh, have to procure, need, and utilize in their operations, whether it's even office furniture. All of that is touched by some sort of manufacturing, right? So let me just bring up uh, one particular industry, which we sort of don't touch on too often unless I bring it up, and that's the mining industry, which is in the services report and not the manufacturing report. How's mining doing? They're they're contracting. As I mentioned earlier, they are the ones one of the anchors on this right now. And it, it's interesting that mining, uh, construction, you know, they both are here. And and you have to look at the and they're ba it's based on NAICS code and what the definition is of exploration or moving and assembling. Construction is not really manufacturing, right? If you think about it, it's getting manufactured products and assembling them with labor. So I like to keep construction when they're doing well. When they're not doing well, I like to see it go over to the manufacturing sector. <laughs> Anthony, I'm looking at the trend for business activity in the services sector, which is now 37 months above 50. And I, we're also watching the trend in manufacturing, which has now moved below 50 for six months. How long before the services sector begins to move down towards 50? And historically, does it follow six months, eight months, 10 months, or is it anticyclical? You know, that's, that's a great question. And traditionally, historically, as we know, manufacturing has been the bellwether 
leading in and leading out of recessionary times, right? The challenge is we are not traditional in any sense of the word since the pandemic, all right? We went into that pandemic. It's like broken away from all of the traditional trends or the trends that we have seen in the past. Uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show, how even the services side would see a little bit of waning getting into the summer months like manufacturing had in the past. But, you know, prior to the show, Lou was saying how manufacturing has actually been lagging for months, even leading into the summer. And services never, last summer never stopped. It just kept going all the way until December. And then December, we hit that contraction that came out of nowhere. And then we were back up over 50. We went to the mid 50s up until a few months ago. And then we kind of went down just above the 50 baseline. And now we've popped up again. So I tell you, I, I, it's kind of where you can't base it on what has happened in the past so much and, and just three, four months is what a trend is. So we have to just keep an eye on things. And right now, uh, as, I, as I keep saying, our respondents, their companies, they're very cautious, but they do believe things are stable right now. So hopefully we stay on this trend. I'd like to see manufacturing bump up a bit, uh, as I'm sure as uh, the, the the folks there would as well, uh, Tim and and the others. But uh, at the end of the day, we have to look at this in totality as to what the overall economy is doing. And right now, we're 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 humming along okay. So I just hope we stay on this on this plane. It's been strong. How are imports and exports doing in the services sector? Well, we had a nice little uh, uptick on imports, 4.6 percentage points. It was unchanged prior month. And uh, exports, which we don't do a lot of exporting um, out of this sector, but that jumped up 2.5 percentage points to over 60, uh, 61.5. You know, I, I not to keep uh, saying it ad nauseum, but what is, what is exported out of the services sector? It's mostly information mostly intellectual type things, uh, knowledge management, uh, management of companies and support services, professional scientific technical services. And again, the percentage of people uh, or companies that export uh, from this sector is, is minimal. It's like probably around 30, it fluctuates between 30, 40% on the survey. Inventory sentiment is at 54. In May, it was 61. It's uh, shown as too high. What's the inventory in the services sector? Well, you look at inventories, what I like to see is how inventories at 55.9 down from 58.3, sentiments 54 down from 61. So they're correlating the differentiation between the two. One is actual physical inventory. The other is how is that inventory applicable to business requirements, business needs, right? So there's two separate but correlated closely. And we had a glut of inventory a while back. And so there was a pullback to where it looks like the inventory is contracted for a month and it's contracted in the past more to burn it off, to burn it down. Uh, respondents were telling us there was excessive PPE in there, you know, the personal protective equipment that was leftover remnants from the pandemic. There was also a buildup of certain retail items because of the increased uh, demand and limited supply. And many of, and we've talked about this in the past where many of these supply managers were accelerating their order frequency and their, and their uh, quantities 
to try and offset the lack of supply. So what happened is when the capacity improved and all those things built up, now they're trying to manage that a little better. And you see as inventories build as activity builds. So they do move in, in the sink that way. And you say, well, what kind of inventory? You touched on it earlier. Let's look at accommodation and food services. An industry I was in for so many years, the products that they have that they utilize in their hotels or restaurants, they have to inventory food, they have to inventory supplies, paper supplies, MRO type maintenance repair operating supplies, all that stuff is carried on inventory. And uh, you know, depending on, think about this, MRP and MRP2, right? Right out of manufacturing, you look at a recipe, a recipe is no different than a bill of materials, right? And the component explosion of that for like items that may be utilized in different outlets, that's where you get your component explosion. That's where you get your perpetuation of inventories and capacity planning, you know, capacity requirements planning. It's all very similar if you think about it in terms of how does that correlate to on the services side. And it depends on the industry because they're so eclectic in this uh, composition of the services sector. Anthony, each May, the Institute for Supply Management does a forecast and then they update from December. How are things looking as you reflect on that forecast for the latter half of 2023? Well, things are looking good. I mean, you know, we, we I was asked this question this morning and uh, looking back on the semi-annual forecast, our respondents weren't indicating anything along the lines of recession, right? We, we heard a lot of dialogue around recession last year what was going to happen in 2023. Our respondents indicated that, you know, we won't see recession, not in the first uh, half of the year. They felt the second half of the year would be better than the first half. They talked about price increases and what they were projecting, that the majority of the price increases would happen in the first part of the year versus the second part of the year. And we're actually seeing that now. We're seeing as prices have moderated and they're starting to still increase, but they're, they're at a much lower level of increase than they were in the first part of the year. We're already getting into July now. We're at the first uh, six month mark here in June. So looking at these June numbers, I think that right now, especially on the services side, things to be uh, in sync with what our respondents forecasted back in May and even to what they told us earlier in December. To your point a moment ago, uh, Anthony, regarding recession, it's almost like we don't hear that word anymore in mainstream news media. It's like died. We hear about inflation, but I'm not hearing a whole lot about recession anymore, even though no, that, they're still right. hanging out there. Yep, definitely. Yeah, everybody's been real quiet on that one. And <laughs> frankly, nobody knows which way this is going to go. Anthony, we appreciate you being with us on this show and going into the numbers behind the numbers. It's important for our viewers and listeners to know the detail, and we encourage you to go to ismworld.org where you can get this report in its entirety and read through it and know what your sector is doing. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you for joining us. And Thank you. Enjoy your, enjoy your July. You do the same. Thanks. Thank you.
And for all of you who are listening or watching, check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast listening platform. Subscribe and also be aware that we have a issue coming out of Manufacturing Outlook. You can subscribe to that at manufacturingoutlook.com. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.